This is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. Hello, and welcome again to the Cherry Leaf Podcast. During the summer, I was a judge for the UKTC Awards, the United Kingdom Technical Communication Awards. And with the winners due to be announced at the end of September, I thought it might be useful to talk about the competition, the types of things that the judges have to consider, and the bigger question of really how do you judge technical documentation? The UKTC Awards are run by the ISTC, the Institute of Scientific and Technical Communicators. That's the professional association in the United Kingdom for technical authors or technical writers, people within that field. And the awards have been run for a number of years and there's a gala event that coincides with the annual conference that the ISTC runs where the winners can come to the gala meal and be presented with their certificates or cups for having been successful and winning the particular awards. This year with the coronavirus and the lockdown, the ISTC's conference is going to be a virtual event and I would suspect the winners will be handed their awards virtually. So let me tell you a little bit about the awards. The purpose of the awards is to recognise the value of clear, concise and effective information products. And it can be for both online and printed content. And the purpose is to recognise the importance of having effective documentation and the excellence of teams or individuals that have created products that really deserve to have their efforts recognised. So although the ISTC is essentially a British, a UK professional body, the awards themselves are open to any individual or team around the world. The people that can enter can be employed, self-employed, they can be contractors, they can be volunteers, they can be temporary staff, or permanent. And you don't have to be a member of the ISTC to enter the awards either. If I quote from the page where you can apply or submit an entry for the awards, your entry will be judged and awarded against how well it meets your own brief and industry best practice. A small team of volunteer judges will assess each entry against its brief and industry best practice. If you enter, you will receive positive and constructive feedback from the judges, and you may be awarded a UKTC award. The judges may also decide to recognise an overall winner. I'm not in this podcast episode going to tell you who has entered or who's going to have won, because that wouldn't be fair. It's a case of waiting until the official announcement, and then that will go up onto the ISTC website. So the process for judging was done by the ISTC office, collecting all of the entries and making them accessible to the judges. And so we were given the links to that, and in that we could look at the submissions 
from each applicant that talked about the criteria by which they wanted to be judged. We could look at the content that they provided to assess that, to see if it did meet industry best practice. And then having assessed the entries individually using the criteria that was provided as a guide, we were asked to record our findings onto a judging form that was provided in the cloud. And then we all met up online for an online meeting to swap ideas and thoughts and our assessments between the other judges of the different entrants and come to a conclusion. And then the head of the judging team fed that result back to the ISTC. So let's talk about this issue of meeting its own briefing judging criteria. So as judges, we were asked, how well has the entrant used the opportunity to make the case that what they have submitted is worthy of an award? We were asked to read the brief and get a good understanding of the context to understand the challenges that the writer or writers faced and how they met them and to see whether we could get a sense for the value and the impact of the entry and their approach on their organisation or audience. The entry or the context didn't have to be exceptional to be worthy of an award, but it did need to demonstrate clear purpose, conscious and deliberate implementation, and an awareness of ensuring that the entry was having an impact. When it came to assessing it by industry best practice, the guidance that we were given as judges was this. The criteria are intended to provide guidance rather than restrict the factors that you as a judge may take into account. Where an item isn't included in the entry, should it be? Where it is included, is it effective? Entries can be of widely varying lengths and complexities. Brevity and simplicity shouldn't be penalised, but where a longer or more complex entry was equally well executed, the difficulty of achieving the same standard with more challenging content should be recognised. And we were given some specific criteria for judging the content. One was the background. Is the purpose, scope and audience for the entry explained? Is the entry fit for the stated purpose and audience? Navigation. Does the entry have whatever tables of contents, indexes, bookmarks and search facilities you judge appropriate to its audience, size and medium? Are these navigational aids effective? Is the structure clear and logical? Is information delivered at an appropriate rate and in digestible pieces? Are cross-references or links well-chosen and working? On the content, does the content appear to be accurate, appropriate and complete? Does it require previous knowledge? And if so, is that explained? Are suitable mechanisms such as narrative, lists and graphics used for each type of content, such as descriptions, instructions and procedures? Is the required knowledge for the end user stated? Have they used suitable styles of delivery? And on the design, does the design make the structure easy to navigate? Is the design attractive and inviting? 
Is space used well to separate blocks of information and unite the information within them? Are conventions used consistently? Is any colour used effectively and with reinforcement through other conventions? Are errors, warnings, cautions and notes clearly presented and differentiated? When it came to considering graphics, we were asked to consider are graphics used effectively to communicate information? Are layout and style used consistently? Are the types of graphics well chosen for their roles? And are graphics well executed? For the text, is the text clear, concise, interesting and readable? Is the vocabulary appropriate with specialist terminology explained? Are acronyms and abbreviations defined on first use? And on the typography, is the text pleasing to look at with appropriate spacing and contrast? Does the layout and typography used suit the subject medium? Is it easy to read? Is the heading structure clearly represented? On production, are paper covers and bindings, if it is a paper document, well chosen? Can online entries be installed and used easily? And for online topics, can topics or pages be printed easily? And overall, what as a judge is your general impression of the entry? And is feedback invited from the readers? So if you're interested in entering the competition, that's the way in which you would be judged. And I'd certainly recommend if you've created a document, an online help file or a paper document, or a training system that you are proud of, that you enter it for the competition and get it recognised, the good work that you've done. And we saw quite a variety of different types of documents. So I'd like to talk about some of those in very general terms about the brief that they set in terms of how they wanted to be judged and the different types of documents that there were. As I said, there were quite a variety of different documents. There was one which was a book aimed at knitters and it introduced a new approach to knitting. So it was essentially a printed guide that provided teaching material or training material covering the history of this new way to knit, explaining the concepts and the vocabulary, presenting the features, the benefits and potential uses of the method, and then diving into teaching how to knit in this particular way. And this one was very interesting, very nice. It had lovely diagrams, very simple, easy to understand diagrams, some photographs and video instructions that were accessible by scanning QR code links. There must have been oh, hundreds of pages in this particular guide. We were sent it as a PDF. And we were asked as judges to consider two different sections of about 50 pages each. Now, luckily, on the judging panel, there were a number of people who were knitters. So they were able to judge the content itself and the applicability to the audience. There was another project that came from a very large management consulting company that was an open source project for a computer framework aimed at data engineers and data scientists. And that was written in Markdown with the information stored on GitHub. 
and then the content was generated to be static HTML pages. And the purpose of that documentation was to help prospective users, developers, data scientists, understand whether the platform was suitable for their purposes. And it walked them through the process of installing the software and running basic code samples. And they asked the judges to consider three sections, the introduction, the getting started, and the tutorial. So this was very much about teaching and learning material. And this entry had very good navigation within pages and around the document. Another one came from a technical writing company that had been engaged by a software house to improve their knowledge base that they provided for the software. The company had recognized there were problems with information being incomplete and inaccurate with broken links and with different writing styles from different contributors. And so what this technical writing company did was it started by interviewing members of the support team and the sales team, assessing the help, mapping the software to identify gaps in the user help, testing the software and comparing it to the help content, identifying the audience using user stories and creating user journey maps. And then by going through and completely redesigning, restructuring and rewriting the content to create a new knowledge base. So it's very interesting in that one to see the amount of research and development that had been carried out in order to, to create the new help system. There was a technical brochure for a piece of hardware from the oil and gas sector. And this was to highlight essential safety features, functional components, and how to operate the particular piece of equipment. And that one was very strong visually. And there was another entry from a sole technical author who'd been asked to bring customer facing instructional text up to date in line with modern documentation practices. The current documentation was in FrameMaker and Word and the contractor was tasked with reworking it so it could work as topic based online content. So that meant addressing three different audiences, admin users and ordinary users, for example, and taking very large amounts of content and importing them into a help authoring tool and organizing it. That involved cleaning up the source files, rewriting and reorganizing the source content, setting up the project for the help authoring tool in the right way, migrating the content in, doing the tidying up that is often required when you've imported content into a help authoring system, adding content sensitivity, adding search, adding linking, and publishing the end result. So for that project, we were judging it within the context of it being existing content that needed to be improved and within the limitations that there can be with just having one person on a particular project. And that one was impressive to see the work that had been done by just one person. And another entry, which was similar, but with a larger team, was one for an application where they wanted to take the content that had been originally structured as a paper reference guide and to migrate that to be working as an online or an on-screen user experience. They wanted to create a documentation suite structured specifically for online use where they could put the user first and refocus the style on 
easy to understand task-based content. And they took an every page is page one approach to presenting the information. Like one of the other projects, they conducted extensive research. In this case, they looked at best practices from other organizations to see what was happening there so they could adopt those particular styles. They also looked at what is happening in the aerospace and defense industries with regard to simplified technical English and seeing if that could be used as a house style. And they also carried out prototyping and card sorting to make sure that the content mapped to the way that users actually understood the application and the tasks they wanted to do and to focus on the areas that the end users might not be familiar with. They also worked with a design team to make sure that the graphics were very strong and very visually engaging. And this was done with a team that had a limited budget, so they were using open source applications. The migration took six months and overall, the project itself took almost two years to complete. So it was wonderful as a judge to be able to read and learn about all the limitations and challenges these different entrants had how they tackled them, the approaches they took, as well as looking at the end result that they created. So I hope you can see from that that the entries were quite varied and they were very much dealing with the messiness of the real world, where there might be just a limited amount of time or resource available to improve a document, that there might be limited budget, that you might be restricted with the different tools that are available to you, that you have to deal with legacy systems and bring those in and improve them to the best way that you can, as well as projects where there were teams where they had the luxury or the ability to have a budget and have people to create a really good system. At the end of September, the winners will be announced and that will be published on the ISTC website, istc.org.uk. And as I mentioned, there should be links to some of or all of the winners so you can have a look at the content that they've created. And that means that there'll be another competition in 2021. And you can go to the ISTC website and look at the entry form. And at some point before I think the deadline is July, you can submit an entry if you want and have your good efforts considered. So that's it for this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us, then again, info at cherryleaf.com is one of the best ways to do that. Till the next time, thanks for listening.